RadioInfluence.com. This is the Cannabis Podcast on Radio Influence. It's an inside look and the scientific facts in and around the world of medical cannabis. Now, here is your host, Ian Beckles. Hello, everybody. This is Ian Beckles, and welcome back to the Dignitary Cannabis Podcast. And like I've been telling you guys, it's all about educating you guys on THC, CBD, hemp, cannabis, the whole nine yards. Last week, we were at Tricoma Health Centers uh, with Alicia Kelly, uh, the owner, and trying to let you guys know what's the easiest way or the safest way to get a medical marijuana card. And hopefully you guys learned a little bit from that. And today we're going to take another direction. And once again, it's all about education. Uh, we're going to go the growing route. Okay. I'm kind of curious myself on uh, if I can grow something maybe behind my building, if it's legal, how you get it done. And uh, I ran into this young man and his father uh, a couple of weeks ago. I went down to their farm in San Antonio, Florida. Um, I won't say it's the sticks, but it's the sticks. Uh, you get lost and you get lost over there uh, and you start hearing some funny uh, songs and stuff like that. But uh, they have a wonderful setup over there. Um, uh, everything was first class and his, uh, his father made a nice uh, yellow rice and chicken. We have Mr. Corey Harris here from Gen 12 Farms. How you doing, brother? Good. Happy to be here, Ian. How you Good. Doing? Good to have you, bro. So talk to me a little bit about Gen... What is, what is Gen 12 Farms all about? Uh, we're about providing quality hemp flour and uh, hemp products. Mm-hmm. We will be pro- providing products later on um, to, to the, the masses. Sure. So, you, so you're so you a grower, so to, so to speak. And is this, I know you're pretty new to this. Now, is this, was this your first grow that I saw the other day? Uh, this is my first grow that I'm able to show people. Okay. So you, we've talked about this, but you grow, you've grown like, we'll say illegally before in, what was your experience with growing before? Uh, I like to say I did a little bit of R&D okay. in college. Okay. What's R&D? Uh, research and development. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Understandable. Yeah. So, uh, you know, playing around with uh, with the real thing mm-hmm. and uh, kind of led me to this hemp industry. Sure. Um, my dad <clears throat> had a friend in the medical marijuana industry who kind of bailed on that because of the regulation mm-hmm. and saw that he could do a small business, then keep it kind of in-house without so many outside influences, without so much regulation by going the hemp and CBD route. Sure. Now it was, I didn't know what I was going, getting into. I walked, you know, I kind of drove through all these back alleys and dirt roads and I came out there and it kind of opened up and you guys have kind of an outside grow and a kind of an inside grow kind of, kind of meshed in. Um, talk to me about growing hemp smokable because we had uh, another farmer in here and he was saying that nobody's ever grown hemp outside in Florida. That's smokable. Why can't you grow smokable hemp outside in Florida? Um, I would just say that the people that don't think we can just Mm -hmm. haven't figured out how to do it. Okay. Um, And that's nothing against them. It's just uh, you need to kind of play the the weather Mm -hmm. here. Um, We have a lot of pests, a lot of mold can uh, arise in your crops during the summer. Um, But at the same time, Cannabis is a photosensitive plant. So unless you have supplemental lighting, it's mm-hmm. really hard to grow at this time of year um, because you won't be able to keep the, the plant from going into flower too early. So it's a season. It's a seasonal. It's a seasonal crop, okay. seasonable crop. Um, as soon as the light cycle drops below 13 to 12 hours of daylight, mm-hmm. um, the plant triggers to flower. Um, so we were able to plant in August 
And with supplemental lighting, where they would have probably flowered right away, sure. we were able to keep them flowering until just a few weeks ago. So what is the benefits? I mean, what's the ven- the benefits of that? I mean, so what is a normal crop? Say you know, if you you plant, you're literally putting a seed in the ground, correct? Mm-hmm. So from that point, how long is the process until the plant is ready to, to bloom and, and be picked? So it just depends on a strain, um, typically full-term genetics. So something that is going to be grown all the way to its full potential would be 100 to 120 days. Okay. Um, so 60 days in the vegetative strip. Uh, phase growing branches and leaves and then 60 days of putting on those flowers and those flowers actually fattening up to to what you guys see as buds mm-hmm. um so tell me what what's the process okay you, you you're planting the seed you're putting the seed in the ground it starts to grow because i'm curious about if i could grow some stuff in back back of my building you plant the seed in the ground it starts to grow and what's the process from from that point to, to where you get to it can be picked um so you would germinate the seed. So um, if you're starting from from a seed, it's a little bit harder. You're going to have to germinate that seed mm-hmm. um, and get it to, to actually sprout. Okay. Um, you'd take that sprout and then you'd plant it into a small container and let that grow out until it has enough roots to be transplanted into to a bigger container. Um, typically people will, will, in a home grow, will stick to like a three gallon, five gallon pot. Some okay. people go a lot bigger, depends on your space. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just depends how many times you need to transplant that. And really vegetative is just um, the phase ends when you want it to end as far as what size you're happy with for your okay. growth space. And as well as um, if you have time based on the photo period. Now there are, there are auto flower strains. Um, they are like 60, 70 days and they're not photo dependent. They will just trigger at 30 days. They'll start flowering. Okay. Those are kind of better for home people and people in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, you can almost grow them year round. The problem is they're just, they haven't really come along to be as potent okay. as a full term. So legally I can grow hemp anywhere. I, I can't grow marijuana anywhere. Correct. Unfortunately, um, they, they did not allow for home grow of hemp or marijuana. Um, really? as you know, medical marijuana, you have to be vertically integrated, mm-hmm. um, where hemp defers from that is you can horizontally integrate. You can, you can be a, seed supplier, you can be a processor, you can be a, a service provider and provide just trimming services to people. You can be a farmer. Um, so, but hemp, you have to have at least five acres, or I'm not sure if it's five acres, but you have to at least be registered as agricultural land okay. or industrial, I believe they, they allowed in some aspects for people to grow in warehouses. Sure. But there's no plant limit. So if you do have like five acres of land, you can grow a few plants and just do it as a hobby. Okay. So you... So you got it's about your acreage and right. having enough. And the land. license is free. Um, thanks to FDAX for that. Oh, really? The license is free to cultivate. Um, there are different licenses if you want to be a nursery supplier of seedlings, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, so anybody, any ham and egger out there can just get a bunch of land and say, "I'm going to be uh, a hemp farmer and just start farming hemp." That's there's no restrictions at all. Right. I would just tell them to do their due diligence uh, into the market and uh, sure uh, figure out where they're going to sell that product on the end. Now, the FDA, who doesn't really help anybody out, it seems like. It seems like they try to squash every small business out there in some way or another. Um, they, they, slow, they slow things down a little bit, aren't they? I mean, how, they're not really helping the process in this whole thing, are they? Uh, no, they're not. They're kind of, so the 2018 Farm Bill made hemp federally legal. It made it an agricultural commodity. Um, we would think that after two years of something being legal, yeah, no that the, uh, the rulings would be made on the product side of that. 
and they haven't been. The FDA is still, I guess, trying to figure out whether CBD is safe or not. Um, is that and, a big pharma thing? Uh, you think that's involved at all? It could be. I, yeah. I don't want to say it is or not, but um, well, I mean, that's, that's you know. a lot of things are for big pharma, right? right. Um, yeah. You know, they maybe there is something to it, but mm-hmm. I, I would, I would think by now they would, they would have found that out. Sure. Um, so that's really probably slowing down a lot of the banks and the beat, um, the more institutionalized money from coming into the industry and really taking this to the next level. So banks are still uh, kind of wishy-washy with that. I know uh, they're, getting, have, better. they're, they're getting, getting better. They're getting better with that. Yeah. Okay. So um, I believe the federal banking, whatever body mm-hmm. oversees that did come out and tell the banks that it would be okay to start working with hemp companies, but it's still up to their board of directors, obviously to make sure. that call on private banks. So I, I'm opening up, you know, a place here where I'm going to be selling CBD products. I'll be selling hemp products. Hopefully I'll have some of your products and you guys, uh, you know, start cultivating your stuff. Uh, the FDA, what kind of people are they going after? I mean, they're not going after mom and pop shops, are they? Um, not unless you're making any drug claims. So I've, I've heard that they're only really going after those people that are uh, really claiming that CBD or any of those things that they're selling in their stores really um, cure anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to be very careful about how you market things um, on that end. But other than that, people are putting things into products now. They're putting it into food more and more. Um, and they're kind of not necessarily ignoring the FDA, but just mm-hmm. saying, you know, we're going to go ahead and grow this market, whether you guys uh, rule on it or not. Now, Gen 12 Farms is relatively new, correct? How how, how long have you guys been around? Uh, so we just broke ground in August. Wow. Um, so we've been kind of building as we go and, sure. and growing as we go as well. So obviously everybody's goal is to do something that they love. And I can tell you and your father are very passionate about this. To make money obviously would be nice. Now, where do you see you know, Gen 12 Farms five years from now, what do you see you guys growing to? Uh, we would love to be kind of vertically integrated, control our own uh, processing, mm-hmm. um, do it all right there at the farm in-house. Um, but we'd also like to, to educate and find a way to educate and, and really help people that want to get in this industry succeed because mm-hmm. it's not easy. Um, we don't want people to, to make mistakes with their last dollar getting into this industry, seeing the big dollar signs. Um, you know, it... it the state has made it easy for people to get into it, but that also makes it easy for people to lose a lot of money. So I just sure. don't want people to, you know, we want to one day hopefully be a resource for people to come and, and you know, provide any kind of service that they would need related to, to helping them out and get involved in this. I love it. Well, I'm trying to help out as many local companies as I can. Uh, you, you re- I believe you reached out to me on Instagram and I, you know, I didn't even really know there was hemp was even grown in this area. Do you have a competitor? Do you know of anybody else? I mean, who's the, what's the biggest hemp grower in this area? Who do you think that would be? Um, I'm not really sure. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of licenses um, out there. I'm not sure who's actually growing, who's actually harvested, sure. who, whose stuff came in compliant. I'm not really asking around. Um, you know, I've always had kind of an abundant mentality in business where, you know, we kind of all need each other to succeed and grow the market mm-hmm. and hemp, especially where we're at right now. Sure. Um, we should all be on the same team and really working together to grow this thing because sure. if we don't and we start, you know, trying to, uh, you know, fizzle each other out, then it's not going to go anywhere. So. Well, the thing is, it's, 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 I'm amazed that the FDA is still fighting something that clearly is not harmful to anybody and it's clearly helping a bunch of people out. Right. And, you know, like I said, you're doing something you love, but you're also, you're helping, you're helping people. So I think that's, that's right. a wonderful thing. And I can see the passion in your father's eyes as well. He loves this. Uh, your, your father's an interesting character. 
He is, yeah. He's been been through some stuff, though. He's got some good stories. Yeah, he's a Tampa native, uh, born and raised here, went to Jefferson High School. My mom went to King. They're both from Tampa. So, you know, whatever we can do to give back to the community and hopefully help some people one day, that's what we want to do. That's what it's all about. So, like, I was just trying to help get educate people of the growing part of it because I really, I know nothing about it. I'm trying to learn this game as much as everybody else because I'm trying to jump into it, Um, trying to be an advocate, okay? I mean, that's that's what it's all about. That's it still has a stigma, okay? It still has a stigma of, you know, if you wear that shirt that you're wearing with a marijuana leaf on, you're a bad person. Right. And you're a certain type of person. And I think we're we're breaking the stigmas that, yeah. you know, people that do indulge in, in, in cannabis, THC, uh, you know, CBD, hemp, uh, are productive people in our, in our, you know, in our community. And I think that's a wonderful thing. And like I said, I'm trying to help as many local companies as I can. If anybody wants to get in contact with you, how, how would they do? How would they do that? Uh, I would say send me an email, uh, Corey C O R Y at Gen Twelve G E N the number twelve Farms dot com, or uh, reach out to me on Instagram. It's at C Will eighty nine underscore or at Gen Twelve Farms. That's it. Um, I know I follow both of those at Gen Twelve Farms, and uh, he's shooting. He's putting his beautiful uh, buds out there for everybody else to see. And uh, I got a, took a kind of kind of a cool picture laying up in it. Oh yeah, and I got a whole lot of likes off of that. People people like marijuana. They do. They really they really, they really do. do. They yeah. really they <laughs> really really do. But uh, but Corey, thank you, brother, for sitting in. Appreciate you having me and educating us. And uh, hopefully, we'll get you coming back when uh, everything is blooming. Absolutely. And you guys are picking, and uh, hopefully, we're, we'll have your product here in the Dignitary Cafe as we go forward. But anybody ever wants to get in contact with me, it's Ian Beckles at RadioInfluence.com. But I appreciate you guys listening in and getting educated. And we'll be back next week, hopefully, with uh, another aspect of that beautiful plant. Everybody get out there and smoke something delicious, or you can ingest it as well. I know I will. Have a wonderful week, and be safe. Peace out. For more information on medical cannabis, make sure to follow Ian Beckles on Twitter, at Ian Beckles. This has been the Cannabis Podcast on Radio Influence. This is a Landry Football Quick Fix on Radio Influence. The issue in college football that is going to make its round on all the shows is is Ohio State deserving? Have they played enough games? Four best, four most deserving. What is it? How is it? What should it be? You've heard me discuss. There's no real organization on the national college football level. And, you know, when I say there should be a de facto commissioner or something, I am not talking or seeking someone that will run the sport. I don't think that is the case. And, you know, Roger Goodell doesn't run the NFL, but I know people are not happy with government. At least it's not a dictatorship. And if there's one thing that can protect, at least from a governmental standpoint, and I'm not a political person and people that are more learned about politics can maybe do pros and cons. And I really appreciate not getting into it because I don't really not into it. I'm using it in an analogous way, but but when you you have a Senate, House, you know, presidency, you, you've you've got a lot of people involved. And if there's one thing that maybe is good potentially in colleges, you usually have a board so that you can prevent somebody from going rogue. But yet, it's much more complex and. It, it makes for some interesting decisions. And I have been a belief that college football 
is something that should be looked at from what's best for the entire sport. That is not the way it is. Uh, It is all for one and one for all. The Landry Football Podcast with veteran scout and coach Chris Landry can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.